0: young welcome to I've Made a Huge Mistake, and Arrested Development Podcast. I am your host, Darren, and today I'm joined by two guests. First of all, I have Lindsay Busco. Hello, Lindsay.
1: Hello, Darren.
0: And I have Eric Hauser. Hello, Eric. young Hey, Darren. How's it going? And today we're covering episode 20 of season one, Whistler's Mother. It was first broadcast on the 11th of April, 2004. And it was written by uh, Jim Vallely, I never get his name right, and John Levenstein. Uh, They've both written multiple episodes this season. I'm sure I've discussed both of them more than enough by this point. Uh, This is the first of two episodes this season that are directed by Paul Feig, Mm -hmm. uh, better known most recently as the director of Ghostbusters. But Mm -hmm. he's been mostly working with Melissa McCarthy for the last kind of five or six years. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, obviously he uh, he he was. well-known as a director for Freaks and Geeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which probably explains the presence of uh, Dave Gruber-Allen in this particular episode. Yeah. Um, and uh, he's also... Um, he will return in season two and three to direct another five episodes, but he will return in two episodes time for us when he directs the finale for season one. Mm-hmm. Um, he, uh, he appeared in... Uh, an episode as a magician in one of the episodes of Arrested Development <laughs> Magician's he's Alliance like a, Yeah he well he, he's not actually it's not actually this season it's in um, season 2 in Sword of destiny he's okay. a, he's a magician so Okay uh, keep an eye out for that once we get to season 2 The summary of the episode which comes with the uh, DVD goes as follows when the family begins fighting over company funds that have recently become available Michael decides it's best to invest the money in land Uh, their uncle oscar is selling Mm. Uh, but before we get into the episode i just want to ask both of you uh when did you come to the show and i'll ask Lindsay first did you watch it when it was on fox um you know the the first three seasons or did you catch it later i'm
1: unfortunately one of the people uh, i'm one of the reasons why uh, it was canceled probably (laughs) i didn't catch it until (laughs) long after um and i think what happened was I had, I had moved and I hadn't had my internet installed, like, you know, none of that was set up yet. I was desperate for something to watch and I ended up picking up a couple seasons of Arrested Development on DVD and just plowed mm-hmm. through it um, and fell in love with it instantly. But yeah, unfortunately, the show was already gone by the time I got to it. Mm. <laughs> but I did watch season four on and Netflix Eric, when it came
2: out. Yeah, so uh, when I started watching Arrested Development, it was probably still on the air, probably season two or season three but I didn't watch it continuously. I probably watched like one or two episodes of season 2 and then a couple a handful of episodes in season 3. But I think this episode is fascinating to me because this is probably the first exposure I had to arrested development. Was I was watching Fox and a ad for this episode came on and this is my first exposure to arrested development in any way shape or form. So it's kind of like a nice a nice uh the fate and destiny has aligned that I am now uh, commenting on this episode that was the first ever exposure I had to the show. Oh, that's so, awesome. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then after that, I, uh, the show died, uh, unfortunately, but I watched every episode <laughs> on DVD, uh, multiple times and I just found it to be the best thing ever. I think we rented it from a library. Uh, it was available through there. We picked it up just randomly, watched all through it, and I have now watched it probably four or five times, uh repeatedly it's so
0: great well let's get into the kind of main plot of this episode which i feel is the the whole um michael and oscar uh, actually mainly mostly michael and lucille mm-hmm. yeah. and the stuff to do with oscar's land you know we start the episode out with the announcement that the funds have been unfrozen <laughs> um which has taken basically almost a whole year yeah mm-hmm. and um Everyone. The weird thing is in this episode because the funds will be unfrozen in another episode in another season, mm-hmm. and in that particular episode, everyone just starts spending the money. Yeah, but yeah. in this, they they have to come to Michael, and you know, so Lindsay is the first one to come to Michael, mm-hmm. and she's you know asking for money so that she can. Um, have an affair. Yeah, <laughs> That's such a great line when it's dropped is I need money to have an affair. Yeah, and I like how she lists the expenses because she's like, I'm not sure who with yet, uh, but I'll need lingerie, <laughs> waxing. These are some real costs, Michael.
1: Like this is a very serious thing to her. I love, I love yeah. her mindset that an affair is something that uh, is something to be taken seriously by other people. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: I think yeah, she could probably and... put together a better business plan for how she's going to run her affair <laughs> than they do later on the episode when they actually are putting together a business plan. She seems to know what she wants to do with this money.
0: Yeah, well, speaking speaking of one half of Joe Bios Industries, Industries, uh, we get a flashback to um, Lindsay, and she's playing Donna Summer's Bad Girls, mm-hmm. and she starts dancing Standing over Tobias whilst he's reading a mm-hmm. book, which I think is called, um, acting like a yeah, man. Like, yeah, it's <laughs> like acting yeah. like a man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she says, I feel like just using my body. And Tobias is like, um, well, could you use it over there? <laughs> quite funny. And something, something that I haven't touched upon, but, um, Lindsay and Tobias, their bedroom is like, uh, a kid's bedroom yeah
1: yeah it's part of the setup like, to show like you know for uh, two young girls almost <laughs> like it's a it's a bedroom with twin beds mm-hmm. in it and uh, it's very much a children's yeah. bedroom
0: yeah and it's like um this is not this isn't something really that i've kind of talked about but um you know uh, george michael's bedroom is basically done for like a eight-year-old yeah. boy or something like it's <laughs> not appropriate for, it's not appropriate for a teenager, yeah. let alone a teenager sharing a bedroom with his cousin, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, so Tobias and Lindsay are in this kind of really weird kind of like girls' bedroom, uh, <laughs> which I think kind of yeah. lends more to the whole kind of Tobias's sexuality and his kind of. Well, all it's all part of the.
2: Stuff. It's all part of the kind of model home. Yeah. Uh, yep. Premise here, where like basically the the home's basically been set up as this place to show off and just say, oh, well, you could see a family living here. And then when the family actually has to live there, they kind of have to make do with what's there. So you've yeah. got people living in rooms that really aren't meant for them, and they kind of they kind of just make do with it. Yeah, it
1: kind of and shows shit. how they they don't yeah. fit the mold <laughs> in a way.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I do have definitely. to say
1: that I have to I really uh, have to give it to Lindsay because she really tries with Tobias. Like she she genuinely yeah. wants to be his wife, in a weird way. Yeah. And he just w- does not give her anything <laughs> at all. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Hope springs eternal from Lindsay. Yeah. She keeps trying yeah. with Tobias, despite Tobias' complete lack of interest in her.
0: Yes. Well, we then get a start of, like, a, a joke that we'll get called back to mm-hmm. um, later on in the episode where Lindsay says, we had s- sex once in the last year, and he just laid there. <laughs> and <then> Michael is... <laughs> Michael, Michael then kind of suggests that, you know, what, how about, you know, charity? Uh, why don't you oh, get back yes. to your roots? <laughs> I,
1: I didn't get that joke the first time I watched it. Like, I didn't get, like, how they went from there. And then, the, <laughs> cause I watched it uh, just before this recording. And uh, I was like, oh my god, he said roots. And she immediately thought of her hair. Like, that's, it, like, mm-hmm, that's all mm-hmm. she took away from that sentence. That's amazing. Good writing.
0: I, yeah. Well, that's why she goes... I'm I'm going to do that right now, and Michael mm-hmm. goes. You're going to get your head, aren't you? And I just love <laughs> how he knows exactly what she's thinking because she heard. He basically the last word he says is the the only thing she's thinking yeah. about. Basically, yeah.
2: I mean, what I love about this show is that, like how it layers everything mm-hmm. on. So like you basically have references to charity here that will be picked up in later episodes and just run with to like the full effect. But they're basically like building something that can be used later. But like in this episode, it's kind of just throwaway like. You got the charity thing. She'll eventually go where she goes and does that, but it just it reappears. They they recycle everything. They reuse everything. Like it's just so organic and so natural to the process that they use in the in the show. It's so great.
0: And this takes us then to the main storyline for this episode, which is the relationship between Michael and his mother. Mm. Now we find out that Buster's jaw clicks when he eats, <laughs> uh, and Lucille says. I think it's what's driving his friends away, which I think is probably not completely correct. I think the thing driving any friends Buster ever had away is probably Lucille. Uh-huh. Um, and she lets us know.
2: I sent him to Canada for an operation. So I'll need some of that new money that just came in.
0: So she sent him to a different country before she had the money to pay for the operation. Yeah. Um,
2: yep.
0: and <laughs> just to get rid of him. Um, and obviously Buster is missing from this episode. Yeah, he's not in it at all. Which I think is helpful because obviously it then it allows the relationship between Michael and Lucille to kind of work a bit more because I feel like mm. if Buster was there he would just be in the way. Also missing is Anyong. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what they've done with Anyong, but he's not in this episode, but generally in the last few episodes he's been kind of a um, an enemy to Buster. Yeah. So.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think you're right about removing uh, um, Buster from the equation uh, just because it, they would have had to add in a storyline about Buster being, uh, you know, uh, jealous of both Michael and Anyang, which will probably be a bit much. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: What I find yeah. brilliant about the way the show's written is that even though Buster isn't in the episode, he still has a presence in the episode. Mm-hmm. People still talk about him. There could be jokes about Buster and like, I mean, even with Oscar coming in, I mean, you can see kind of the lack of Buster is still present within Oscar. And I mean, it, it's just great yes. that even though the character's gone, they're still there.
0: And we get a, we get a flashback to um, young Michael because Lucille re- reminds, uh, you know, <laughs> Michael says that that Buster is is being coddled. And, you know, he's too old to go running to mommy with all these problems, mm-hmm. which is you know, <laughs> setting up what will happen for the rest of this episode. And obviously, this is where Lucille flashes... We get a flashback to Lucille helping out with the algebra teacher, Mr. Vanderbosch. <laughs> and, um, and and we get Michael, you know, being suspended for cheating off another boy. And he's going on about how Tracy won't marry him. He won't be able to get a job. So straight away, his key concerns were getting married to his eventual wife and getting a job. <laughs> and this is like a very young age, kind of. He seems even younger here than... Um, Uh, than George George Michael currently is and um, you know Lucille very rarely she actually despite the amount of smothering that she does with Buster she very rarely um, is a mother and we see her actually doing that although you know the narrator tells us the next day Mr. Vandenbosch was not (laughs) in school he was never heard from again. So, like the parental, kind of the parental
2: feelings and the mothering, and like the just like the the actual close familial bond here is very tied into vice. Like, is very tied mm-hmm. into let mommy take care of it for you. I will have someone disappeared <laughs> so you don't have any problems. So it's kind of like a mixture of like good things of, like, a mother taking care of her child, but also, like, <laughs> crime and, like, getting rid of
0: someone. Um, and we get what I feel is the runner of the episode, which is simply the stuff to do with George Michael and Maybe and Pop Pop, mm-hmm. which mm. obviously will turn out to be Oscar. <laughs> but um, we get introduced here to George Michael seeing a familiar face, which is Oscar, you know, buying a uh, a candy apple. And, um, you know, George Michael says he saw Pop-Pop, but with hair, which is probably why he asked for my hair, remember? And we get a quick <laughs> flashback to uh, George Sr. screaming, give Pop-Pop your hair um, from, uh, I don't know, from, from like episode five or six. It's quite a while ago, that episode. Um, and then maybe being as sarcastic as she is, she sums up the scheme as...
1: It all adds up. He stole somebody's hair, made a wig... Knocked out the guard, <laughs> tunneled his way through a sewer line, and then stopped to get a candy apple on his way to Mexico. Of
0: course. And then he goes... You're mocking <laughs> me. And maybe yeah, he figures it
1: out. Of course.
0: That isn't really much of a storyline, but it's just kind of like a, an amusing way to introduce the idea of um, Oscar. And of course, mm-hmm. we get a Gilligan cut to prison where Michael explains, so listen, my twin brother's in town. I want you to <laughs> take care of him. Yeah. Um, the you know, twin so, brother... Yeah
2: line is just the best thing ever. Just like it allows Tambor to in- embody two different characters, and it's such a ridiculous sentiment that you've got like one with long hair and one with no hair, basically, and the jealousy between the two. But just it 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 thrives on that ridiculousness that Arrested Development kind of does the best with. And because I mean, like in soap operas and stuff, you always have like a a twin brother who's evil running around, but then this twin brother is really. Like
0: a hippie yeah. and not exactly yeah, evil. Yeah, George 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 Sr. is the evil one. In this <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it does actually, you know, here's an interesting thing. Um, Job's full name, something which I don't think I've even actually mm-hmm. mentioned to this point, is hmm. George Oscar Bluth Jr. Yep. <laughs> so his name contains both his father and his uncle's name. But the mm. the junior part suggests that George Senior's name, because he he obviously is always referred to as George Senior, um, is actually George Oscar Blue <laughs> Senior, which means oh my Oscar. God. He's the original kind of. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That. Yeah. That. Yeah. This is it. This is a program that has three people, three characters called George in it. <laughs> yep. And and wow. you never confuse them because they always refer, refer to them as George Senior, Job, and George Michael. So they. They give each of them a different... And obviously, George Michael follows the tradition of (laughs) (laughs) a a character named after both his father and his grandfather. Yeah. Um, So, you know, which is... I I just kind of love how they they talk about, like, you know, pop-pop with hair. Mm -hmm. And then they immediately explain it to you. But they leave Maybe and George Michael out of that, which suggests that they don't know they have an uncle. Yeah, which, which makes is- sense because maybe you know was living in Boston b- like before the start of the season yeah. but mm-hmm. I don't understand why George Michael doesn't know that Uncle Oscar exists exists at reason. all yeah <laughs> so um, and we have heard earlier in the season that um, George Sr. talks about how he used to enjoy like how he enjoyed firing his brother mm-hmm. and he he talks about you know seeing his face and then he says to Michael oh wait well, there I can show you and he just like does a face and <laughs> so the idea of him having a twin has already been introduced mm-hmm. like 15 16 mm-hmm. episodes before this yeah. so them paying it off here now is quite clever but also the fact that it seems odd though to me that george michael doesn't know that he has an uncle <laughs> um mm-hmm. at all like you know that the uncle oscar exists or should i say great uncle not just uh not just a oh uncle yeah. to him yeah,
2: yeah. Um, well, I, I it might be the great uncle thing is that like it's hard to keep track of when, like it's basically like your grandparents' relatives because I like I, I don't see my great uncle around a lot and nobody really talks to them about me. So, mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah, but he's not a twin. He doesn't just look like your grandfather with hair yeah that's that's true true. you think that would be a remarkable (laughs) enough thing to talk about yeah
2: i
1: will say that when uh when michael um and oscar meet uh in the coffee shop it seems like they haven't seen each other in a very very long time um Mm. so maybe yeah maybe he just went you know went off to the lemon grove and you know didn't really check in with anybody except for his brother (laughs) for money for years (laughs) that's very possible
2: and
0: everyone in the family is self-obsessed oh yeah everybody is only worried about what they want or what they're interested Mm -hmm. in i guess that makes sense in later seasons we do get flashbacks that involve oscar being more involved with the family so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they kind of contradict it but at this particular point it's a great introduction to the character Yeah. yeah um you know and this is where we find out about a guy called jordan i should just mention actually that the actor who plays the young michael bluth is the one who has played him all season Mm -hmm. Uh, which is an actor called uh, michael Mm bartell and um he's 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 played him in the entire season one this is the fifth time we've seen him and Mm -hmm. he'll play him a couple more times in season two before he gets replaced by another actor um for season three when we get introduced to boy fights
2: so Um, this is not the cherith cute story maritime lawyer uh boy
0: (laughs) no it is it is okay awesome awesome no, this is him. This is yeah. This is this is the this is the this is the this is the version of Michael Bluth who was in that play. Okay, okay, um, yeah, um, nice. which I think they they reuse in season three, but in the boy fight stuff, it's a different, <laughs> uh, it's a different <laughs> actor. Okay, okay, um, but yeah, so we find out about Jordan, who is being a bit of a pain because he basically he he won't he wants to have his stock bought out, but he mm-hmm. he just he won't mm-hmm. give it for like a cheap price. And then we get to the, you know, Michael promises that he's got something that will take the gun out of Jordan's hand. And we get to the meeting and, you know, Jordan says, you, you don't want to, you don't need a whistleblower around here. And uh, Michael says, um, <laughs> we don't we don't need a whistleblower. We need a building full of whistleblowers. Yeah. And he pours out a box of whistles. And uh, everyone starts picking them up and starts blowing them. <laughs> and that's yeah, this yeah. Is my favourite... This is like one of my favorite scenes yeah. because everyone just keeps blowing whistles whilst mm-hmm. he's trying to talk and we get a quick cut and <laughs> <laughs> where it says 20 minutes later and then you see Michael going 45, 46, 47, yeah. And yeah, he's yeah. taking <laughs> so, all yeah. the whistles. Yeah. It's like everybody, all the whistles that he's ever, just given everybody
1: out. just automatically turned into like a fifth grader and just <laughs> yeah, yeah. in that boardroom. Uh, it was great. And, and it was just like, like telling on each show, other, showing how Michael, um, just is very capable of making bad decisions
0: <laughs> yeah of course there are still still three out mm-hmm. there and the uh one board member uh, blows the whistle <laughs> to let michael know there's another board member that's got one uh-huh. and then obviously michael's like yes but you, you know you've also got one so it's hurting mm-hmm. your pace <laughs> yeah yeah and, yeah, it was such a good gag. And I, I like that they, they, they let you know that there's three whistles missing. They get two of them back, and then obviously, um, you know, Tobias comes in, um, looking to get a a, a hunk of <laughs> new company money. Mm-hmm. He's kind of just asking for the money so that he can prove that he can act like a man. I don't understand why he needs the money, and I don't, I don't think he's making. <laughs> But he says, he says... And it's not about sex. I don't just lie there if
1: that's what you're thinking.
0: Michael says, <laughs> that's not what I was thinking. Yeah. But obviously he's already been told by oh, Lindsay to earlier list. in the episode that he just lied mm-hmm. there. So mm-hmm. I think it's funny that he seems to know that Lindsay must have been telling people this. And so he's he's almost trying to dispel this um, this myth. He's trying to defend um, his and credibility. What little he has. Yeah. <laughs> and then... Yeah. Job shows up and he goes, I had a quick question for Michael. And he says, uh, is this about the money? And he goes, no. And he goes, what do you want? And I love Job's explanation of, it's not about money in the sense that I'm coming here saying, here, Michael, Here's take money. some money. <laughs> it's more of a, might I have some kind of visit? Which is exactly what Michael was telling him it yeah. was. Um, yeah.
1: It's a classic joke. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yes, mm-hmm. we find out that Job's wife, which of course in real life at this particular <laughs> time, and this has come as a revelation to some guests on this show, mm-hmm. was Job's wife, yes. um, has left him. Um, and not for Tobias. Though, a couple of episodes earlier, she... And actually, in the previous episode, she said that she was in love with Tobias because of mm-hmm. his involvement mm-hmm. with um, Dr. Fumcase, 100% uh, good time, n- natural family <laughs> band solution. Now... Um, <laughs> In this particular episode, she tries to explain... We actually find out that she is in love with Tobias. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, mm-hmm. you know, Job's, Job's quick claim of, no, she doesn't even like you, obviously, we should see as a lie. Um, and she says...
1: I'm in love with your brother-in-law.
0: You're in love with your own brother? The one in the army? No, your sister's husband. Michael. Michael. No, that's your sister's brother. No, I'm my sister's brother. You're in love with me. Me. I'm in love with Tobias. My brother-in-law? I know it can never be, so I'm leaving.
1: I'm enlisting in the army.
2: To be with your brother.
1: No! <laughs> <laughs> this is a perfectly
2: fun a great, comedy routine. So
0: it's great. Yeah. Such a great yeah. scene. And mm-hmm. obviously, you know, the real-life chemistry between Amy Poehler and Will Arnett being oh, used yeah. to full advantage. There. Oh, yes. Just the way that they, they nail every single line. Uh, such a pity that they divorced Absolutely. in later years. Yeah. Now, obviously, Job, he, I love his line where he says... <laughs> I can't expect it to be live on the eight hundred a month army wife stipend I'm going to get. And Tobias <laughs> agrees by saying mm-hmm. they just don't support the spouses.
2: <laughs> like, oh such a
0: ridiculous thing oh, to Tobias. say. Uh. Mm. Um, and then this is where we get uh, Michael un- unwittingly causing the formation of uh, Joe bias Industries, where <laughs> he suggests yes. he suggests that why don't they come up with a way to make money together. You mm-hmm. know, a suggestion of something to invest in or maybe a business idea. And um, <laughs> this is where Tobias says, and this is where the rule of three comes into play, um, that he wants to do a remake of Annie Hall, but he wouldn't want to get in bed with <laughs> Sophia Coppola. Uh, he says, but give me an old pro like Robert Redford. Oh, I'd jump into bed with him in a second. And I wouldn't just lie there, Michael Blue. if <laughs> yeah, that's, what, that's you're what you're thinking. You? And of course, Michael <laughs> says, actually, that time... That is what I was thinking. (laughs) Uh,
1: Oh, man. Yeah, it really pays off. That little joke. Like, they really worked it. Yeah.
0: And, um...
2: I just... Tobias it's more aggressive with, like, the puns and stuff around Michael. It seems that way. It seems like he's always hinting and...
0: Yeah, I don't... I mean, I don't know. I think because, you know, there's as much stuff with just him and Lindsay where he's kind of like that. Mm Mm-mm. So... Yeah. But I think Lindsay's more used to it, so... (laughs) i
1: I love 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 job and tobias teaming up they're such a great (laughs) team like them just together in the same scene when they're working together it's it's pretty amazing
0: (laughs) well in between them teaming up we 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 get maybe she actually sees pop pop with the hair so Mm -hmm. she sees (laughs) she sees oscar out and about and then you know uh, Lindsay goes to her stylist and finds out that he's being called up by the reserve unit, <laughs> and mm. that she's going—that you know—that he's going to war. And she says, "These salon wars have got to stop." <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then so out of touch, <laughs> you know. She she finds out about the the war actually happening, and she and the narrator tells us that she was stunned that she's not only losing her stylist. But apparently, there was a war going on. <laughs> um, no, but this is really interesting because in America, like there
2: were w- wars going on at the time when this was airing. So, like there still are
0: wars going on. I know. At I know. At <laughs> yeah, at the I know, time like, of recording. Yeah, it's
2: brilliant to me the way they in- interject that social commentary in. Like it doesn't need to be there, but I mean, like they're making fun of this American uh, idea that even though there are wars going on, nobody notices, nobody cares. Like, it's something that it was so important during Vietnam that, like, these things be covered and everybody knows what's going on. But by this time, nobody cares about anything going on. Everybody's so self-absorbed, so self-obsessed
0: that Lindsay does not know that there is a war on. <laughs> uh, later on, we'll find out that maybe had actually told her about this war and she insisted that it happened <laughs> 10 years ago. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, she's yeah. aware of a Gulf War, just not this Gulf War. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um... And, of course, uh, some of the parallels with like the Bush family uh, will get pushed more into play later on. Mm-hmm. In particular, there will be a banner that says Mission Accomplished, which is probably put up a little too early. Yes, um, yes. And, of course, Lindsay, she takes a stand because she's not going to let Shauna cut her hair, which I love how kind of <laughs> petty that is um you know she's got gonna... yeah,
1: the little background you got a little face on uh who i'm guessing was shauna <laughs> yes um, you got a little bit of like she heard that <laughs> that was great
0: <laughs> and then obviously this is where we get job and tobias brainstorming in a coffee shop you know <laughs> they need a cup of coffee to focus uh it's crowded um you know <laughs> they decide to go to the bagel place and they run into michael and um he says hey guys what's going on And Job says, just researching our investment. Oh, yeah, coffee places. I've thought about these. I'll tell you what, you guys come up with a proposal. We'll try one. The narrator tells us... Job and Tobias accidentally had Michael on the hook, and they didn't (laughs) want to blow the deal. And they both leave kind of without saying a word or even, like, moving a muscle in their body as if, like, you know, that will cause them to lose this. And they kind of just slink out of the (laughs) coffee shop without saying anything to Michael. And, this is my
1: favorite bit. Yeah, and he goes. This is my favorite bit in this, like this whole episode. He goes. I guess
0: that's a response. <laughs> I just love how <laughs> even he's not quite sure what they're doing, um, but like the idea. Yeah,
1: and like they they understand. I like that they understand that like they're going to screw this up if they say anything. <laughs> like they know their own ineptitude, and they're trying to prevent themselves. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like it, it was it was so funny, especially the way they left and just the. The facial expressions everything they made it a good amount of awkward Mm. not too awkward but like a
0: they're just like children it's great (laughs) oh yeah well you know we still haven't even got to the name of their company which i will Mm -hmm. go into in greater detail because i just love it so much yeah like they just kind of leave because they know that they're gonna screw it up if they say anything Um, (laughs) and i just i just i just love it um it's one of my favorite moments with those actors just kind of (laughs) <laughs> Just not even doing anything away. really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and this is where we finally actually get to meet properly, Uncle Oscar. Um, yeah, and he greets mm-hmm. he greets Michael with a "Hey, nephew." <laughs> yes. <and> he starts <laughs> massaging starts massaging his shoulders, which of course <laughs> will remind us of the currently in Canada Buster, who greets yes. everybody by saying yeah. "Hey" and then starts massaging their shoulders. And uh, something that I spoke <laughs> about a little bit in the pilot, but I'll I'll mention here again, because obviously this is a big feature of both um, Oscar and his illegitimate son. Mm-hmm. And the, the shoulder massaging was actually a thing that Tony Hale, who auditioned via videotape,
2: mm-hmm. you know,
0: he, he just sent a videotape in of him doing, you know, um, just doing the lines. And he mm-hmm. came up with that massaging thing while he was doing his audition. So oh he just started pretending that someone was in front of him and massaging them <laughs> while he was running through Buster's lines. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the casting director kind of liked it. And Mitch which was like, what on earth was he doing? Um. And they, they asked him and he said, oh, you know, I'm just like whenever I greet people, I'm being very friendly. So I'm just like massaging their shoulders. And that became <laughs> like his thing. And, Bus you know, news, 20 yeah, episodes thing, yeah. on. Something that Tony Hale mm-hmm. kind of just did in the audition ...is now kind of like a signature, and this is where we get the first hint at the fact that George Sr. might not actually be the father of Buster. We'd already got a little bit of that hint when he said that he was in there for 11 months, Mm -hmm. and that there were claw marks Mm -hmm. on the uterus. So that suggests that (laughs) the the time between him having sex with Lucille and Buster being born was slightly longer than you would have expected. Yeah, um mm-hmm. but yeah. So, like, this is kind of the the, the first kind of more obvious thing, and uh, the thing is, it just works as a joke anyway. It just works as him kind of like massaging, and then he starts kind of like picking him up and shaking him, and all kinds of weird things where he's, mm-hmm. he's kind <laughs> yeah. of working out the tension. And um you know, the narrator says it's because uh, neither one was anxious to bring up the issue at hand. Yeah. Um, and then oscar like kisses michael and says one on the lips and so it's kind of <laughs> or he attempts he attempts yeah. to kiss him, should i say and he's like one on the lips and michael's like no um <laughs> but i like i like how he, he uses the excuse he says i'm running the, the business a little differently <laughs> yeah as, as if the that's the way to refuse yeah. the kiss as if if this was george senior they would have just kissed which i do not mm-hmm. imagine that ever taking place <laughs> Um, and this is probably one of my favourite lines Oscar will ever say where he says uh, you do the best with what you have I have lemons I make lemonade of course Michael says that's a very positive attitude and Oscar says I hate the lemonade business I hate the grind you have to grind so many (laughs) lemons yeah Yeah. Michael says you're not a very metaphorical person are you (laughs) and I love how basically he's not speaking in metaphor at all he literally owns a lemon grove and he makes lemonade and Mm -hmm. it's like because the phrase, you know, make lemons, you know, if you have lemons, you make lemonade. Yeah. is such mm-hmm. a common kind of cliche. The fact that here it's being used mm-hmm. so literally, literally yeah, is
2: kind of unexpected. Arrested Development does that all the time where like you've got a literal yes. thing that people just talk about and they don't either don't know it's a metaphor or they don't know that that's the common kind of usage. <laughs> and then it's found out that that's how it goes. And then you have the, the shot of
0: Oscar running lemonade <laughs> later on in the episode. But yeah. It's so great. And I love how quickly Oscar says, I need money. And Michael says, I know. And he goes, I cannot tell you how that has weighed on me. As if in these last five minutes, him not being able to talk about money has been like such a heavy weight on him. Yeah. Um, and this is where he offers the um, the rights to All You Need Is Smiles, mm. a song that he wrote for David Cassidy. Uh, he was going to sing it on the Mike Douglas show, but he was too embarrassed to do it in front of Johnny Yoko. And I love how... Like, this is kind of just, you know, given as, like, part of his, like, just kind of a shading of the character. Like, mm-hmm. he's such a hippie that he he wrote a song, you know, and that's how he makes. In fact, it's weird because um, Oscar is painted as this kind of person who needs money and he's, like, a hippie and everything. But he mm-hmm. owns his own Lemon Grove. He has yeah. his own land. <laughs> he owns the rights to what? in this universe is at least shown to be a successful pop song so yeah, these yeah. are not the things that <laughs> normal people have you know like it's very rare that people own land but within the Bluth family like he just owns land that isn't worth as much as everybody else and that's, yeah, yeah. that's such a weird distinction um, you know uh, the fact that he's got yeah, you can still be a failure <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> you can be a failure with a couple of hundred acres which is just true a... <laughs> yeah <laughs> shows the yeah. Kind of level <laughs> Um, I
2: love the music in the rest of development so much. Like, it's all homespun. It's all, like, mm -hmm. based off of something else, but turned into something just so on-its-face ridiculous. So, like, every song in this show is made...
0: I don't know. Do you know who does the music? David Schwartz is the guy who does all the music and writes the songs. Mm -hmm. Um, What I love is we will get a callback to um, All You Need Is Smiles, Mm -hmm. because... Uh, it will appear <laughs> sung by a different person. Actually, sung in a, oddly a British style. While, oh, okay, okay. Uh, because it gets called back to in um, in ocean in the Ocean Walker, where you see mm. Bum Paddle magazine, and there's a very <laughs> quick clip, and you just hear "All You Need Is Smiles" as that magazine is shown for a few seconds. Yeah, the quick uh, audio cue. Oh my god, that's great... I think it's one of the few songs that's written for the show mm. that. Does not get used in the montage in making a stand. Mm. Um, most of the songs, you know, like "Free at Last" and um, you know "Big Yellow Joint," they all get used yeah. in that that kind of montage. But this doesn't. Hmm, um, so mm. I can only assume that Oscar did not give them the rights. Um, <laughs> but it's worth mentioning, you know, this this turns up as basically the, the ending to this episode um, in in a kind of. Uh, say anything style with uh, oscar holding a Mm -hmm. a boombox over his head but it's worth saying that in the lyrics we only get a we only get a tiny portion of the lyrics but it contains the phrase your sweet pink mouth goes north (laughs) not south and of course tobias a few episodes ago when looking for someone to tutor his daughter he Mm -hmm. offered to pack george michael's sweet pink mouth um with with as much ice cream as he could handle and i think it's funny that i i in my mind i'm thinking that tobias got that phrase from hearing this song no yeah, yeah. he's um, quoting the song and nobody knows because nobody's heard it. Yeah. yeah yeah so i think it's i think it's kind of funny that um he he used that phrase and then it gets used as a lyric and obviously i'm assuming within mm-hmm. the show that was written into the script and mm-hmm. then david schwartz decided to use it in the lyrics because it's such a <laughs> such an odd phrase yeah. Um, and of course Michael makes the offer to buy Oscar's land uh which you know turns out to be his kind of almost biggest mistake. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, in this episode um and he 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 briefly visits his father where you know he tells him that he's not given the money to Oscar as he was directed. And I love um George Senior's description where he says um You know, he he's got nothing in his life. He wrote one song that made Joan Baez call him the shallowest man in the world. (laughs) He has a worthless piece of property, and yes, a head of hair, only because he's never had to work uh, for a living. And I love how that's the excuse. Basically, is that you know, Oscar's had an easy life, Mm -hmm. and that's why he's retained his hair, whereas George Mm -hmm. Senior's had a hard life, and that's why he's bald. Um, And obviously, they will. The funny thing is, they will call back to that at the start of season three. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, like the the idea that stress makes you lose your hair will become quite an important plot point. Oh um, yeah, the yeah yeah the... yeah. So you know, Wells, they they yeah. use everything. They use mm-hmm. everything, um, and obviously this is where yep. Michael is shocked to find out that he has a piece of property that is worthless. <laughs> <And> of <laughs> course, um, you know we find out that the government has an easement on the grove and you can't build on it. And um, you know, I, I love I love George Senior's <laughs> kind of. Um, his description of the land when he when he's talking about how you know the run they run their tanks through there occasionally stop for a little lemonade but what's that that's a buck 50 you can't make <laughs> yeah. <much> from that <laughs> i mean is there a difference um,
2: between that and a frozen banana stand
0: where you just buy a frozen banana and it, i it mean what does a ban- what does a banana cost like 10, 10 bucks A <laughs> something like that bucks though. <laughs> um yeah, it's funny, actually, that they that essentially both of the, you know, the, the you know, both George and Oscar started up kind of small businesses, essentially. Yeah. But obviously, yeah. George did it when he was a lot younger. And so <laughs> he's had mm-hmm. time to move on to other things, whereas Oscar is essentially stuck on this lemon grove. And this is yeah. where we get a quick, we get a quick flash to, you know, various explosions and uh, Oscar running out to, to get to the lemon stand in time, just yelling, fellas, fellas. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then, of course, we <laughs> we finish the act with George saying, "So, tell me about this investment you made."
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> he doesn't know that it's a, it's it's Oscar's land, but it it kind of feels like he sort of almost knows that Michael's made a mistake with this investment. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and obviously, uh, you know, Lindsay's decided to protest. She already has signs ready made because, of course, she does. Um, and she's changing one sign um, that uh, which, which was for the style network. I think is, is what. The- yeah, yeah, is what yes. they say. Yeah, and she adds, um, "You can take away our stylists, but you can't take away our style." <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is one of many signs that will be in the uh, in the protest uh, zone. But the funniest mm. thing is the guy who was in the pilot who um is the inspiration for the song freedom he will mm. also be there with his sign that says freedom on it
2: nice um, nice
0: which which i think is like the third or fourth time the freedom guy has appeared um in the show i love you know i love that you know they they kind of they they do a little bit of a set of where they talk about how michael was too cheap to pay for premium channels and she added the thing about stylists and obviously george michael mm-hmm. and maybe they just <laughs> yeah. discuss the stuff with the uh, pop pop with hair um, yeah, and they talk about how they should go to, to prison. Um and I love how Michael comes in and he goes Hey, you know, I got cable, you won that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not it's like it's not above his, his sister to just keep protesting after the uh after the time. And obviously uh, you know, this is kind of like the a little bit of the intersection between the stories because uh Lindsay's protest will take place next to the lemon grove <laughs> that, yeah. Yeah. that Michael has just bought. Uh, which is a nice detail and obviously this is where we find out that Oscar he's now now that he's got the money he's off pursuing his lady love which mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. is the first of of you know a, a few hints about him and uh, Lucille uh, yep. and he says I'll get back to you next summer <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know if he's thinking it's going to take like 6 or 7 months to persuade Lucille or what he's dealing with that but and then we get a we get a little a little exchange here between um, Michael and George Michael which is about Oscar but they they both kind of don't want to admit that it's about Oscar which I think is yeah, quite funny yeah. where, yeah. where you know he's like have you seen someone who looks like Pop Pop and he's like no has Pop Pop <laughs> disappeared and he's like no of course not and it's just <laughs> such a such a kind of really odd kind of conversation between the two of them because neither of them wants to reveal that they both know that Oscar is in town yeah um, yeah and obviously, George Michael hiding Pop Pop will become an important plot in the next season. Oh, yeah. Um, and then I love, here it is, the formation of. Uh, oh, they say Go by us, as in <laughs> Go and Puppy. Yes. But I I think yeah. Joe <laughs> works better because obviously his name is Job. It's Job. Um, yeah. But I love how yeah. Tobias says,
1: Have you seen the agricultural report?
0: As if this is a normal way to start a conversation. <laughs> uh, Joe says, yeah. Nothing's hotter than coffee. So. <laughs> and I love how they think that that is how they're going to get money, is just those two sentences. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep. that's enough.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then when he says, yep. um, you got to come up with, uh, with an investment plan. And Joe goes, We've got an investment plan. It seems a bit aggressive. But then, you know, Michael sees their investment thing and then this is where they're like, go buy us some coffee. um, And Joe says, when do I start making my monies? (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think that the, uh, the, the Joe bias, go bias, like name, name thing is another thing that shows their ineptitude. Like even in putting together their names, (laughs) like it just, it takes a a step too far for people to, (laughs) that people would actually think of it. Um, But yeah, it's, just the two of them together. I love seeing them, like, in any mm-hmm. scene together, honestly.
0: Yeah. And, obviously, you know, Michael is lying here about what happened. Um, and Job, surprisingly, yes. is on Michael's side. Um, you know, and he says he's going to go down to the prison to give um, George Sr. a piece of his mind. Um, and, you know, he says, uh, I'm doing it because you're in charge now. And I'm telling him that. And it, it, this this is nice <laughs> to see that... Joe is willing to back his brother up. But, of course, he's only willing to back his brother up if he thinks he can get some money. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. uh, Oh, yes. You know, and um, (laughs) and I love how Tobias then goes,
1: I'm afraid this offer comes off the table. (laughs) And
0: And Michael says,
2: Maybe the worst bluff I've ever seen. (laughs) Even the
0: members of Gobias agreed on that one. Agreed on that, yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, but I love how I love as well how Tobias kind of phrases it as uh, this is the first that any of us at Bios Industries have heard landing. Yes,
1: <laughs> yeah, as a as though this was like an ongoing like contractual, you know, like <laughs> um, like something that they would have had
0: to have been included. Yeah, and they'd on. have
2: meetings about it and assumed it was going. The yeah, other way. yeah.
0: <laughs> it's just such a, such a such a such a weird kind of thing. Um, and we get to the protest. There's not really much to this protest, basically. Mm-hmm. It's just about mm-hmm. Lindsay turning no. into a cage dancer, getting sprayed yeah. with water and singing <laughs> yes. to ba- and dancing to bad girls. Um, <laughs> but f- we have here the, the person who is identified as the military official, which is played by Ethan Phillips, who's better known as being the most annoying character that ever appeared in Star Trek, which is Neelix from Star Trek Voyager. Mm. Um, he's been in a number of things other than Star Trek Voyager, But to me, he is always the most annoying thing from Star Trek Voyager. And that is, unfortunately, all I shall ever know him as. Um, You know, despite... He can do a hundred other things. But the fact that he did, like, seven seasons annoying the hell out of me on uh, Voyager just means that that's all I see Ethan Phillips as. Um, And also in the cage with Lindsay is uh, Dave Gruber-Allen. And I don't know Mm -hmm. why he gets the Mm -hmm. privilege of having his... A middle name in parentheses. I, I, like mm-hmm. I don't know why that is a thing that happens, but it, he's always billed that way. And obviously, he was on um, Freaks and Geeks, okay. Uh, okay. Which, mm-hmm. which, which, as I said, a lot of episodes were directed by Paul Feig. So I'm guessing he just basically called him up and said, "You know, do you want to be in it?" <laughs> yeah. And he he probably just said yes. So <laughs> um, he he's the one who kind of you know tells people um, you know like. Because we find out that, that you're allowed to protest, but only in the free press zone. <laughs> sorry, no, sorry, in the free yes. speech zone, which is yeah. this small cage that is miles away from anywhere. <laughs> and there's no there's no press because they're in the free press zone, which obviously is a completely different cage somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. And Ethan Phillips even says, if you could save your comments until you're completely loaded into the cage. <laughs> um, and, you know, this seems... I mean, it's also worth pointing out here that Dave Gruber Allen helps us out by saying that the, um, the military are using their right to cut through the lemon grove. <laughs> so once again, kind of tying us mm-hmm. into the other story. Um, mm. But, you know, it's worth saying that, that this was a real thing. <laughs> this is not, this is not an invention of arrested development, but like do mm-hmm. have, there have been times particularly at um, like the G12 or, um, you know, g eight or however many G's there are there have mm. been these mm. kind of like protest areas that are miles away from where you can actually protest um, yeah, yeah. and this is not just something that happens in America but in a number of other countries um but even in America <laughs> it has mm. happened um so it's once again the rest of the government doing something that kind of looks like it's a bit of a joke but is actually. Uh, commentary a, a, proper, yeah. a, a real thing that actually happened <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and you know the upshot of it is basically all the protesters will kind of give up um lindsey is the last one standing and they start spraying her with water <laughs> and playing music really loudly <laughs> Me- uh, yeah which co- which causes um lucille as she drives past and sees this from a distance to say there's someone who needed a good mother <laughs> and she yells whore at her as she drives past. Yep. Those are some of my favorite.
1: And I love how uh, when uh, when Lindsay uh, started getting sprayed by the hose um, and she just says this is just wetting my appetite. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for...
0: <laughs> wetting my appetite for protest. Uh, for protests. Such a pretty great line. Yep. Um, and then, yeah. you know, George um, Senior is visited by, you know, George Michael and maybe... Uh, they say, we thought you broke out of prison and were on the lamb with stolen hair. <laughs> <laughs> stolen hair. <laughs> I just love the phrase, on, so the, on the lamb with stolen hair. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um,
0: yeah. And this is where maybe lets it be known that um, Michael has bought the lemon grove mm-hmm. from Oscar. And obviously, you know, George says, what lemon grove? george senior Mm -hmm. this is but i'm guessing he knows this is where michael michael attempts to own up for the mistake but every time he tries to own up it ends up putting him further in in, like further in the wrong with um Mm -hmm. jordan and um you know he he has to finish by saying my dad in no way is talking about business from prison which of course is the only thing george senior really talks about yeah yeah, um, yeah, and then this is where Ted, who this is the second episode that we've had uh, Ted in, he blows the whistle, and that of course is the fiftieth whistle that was missing. That's the last whistle <laughs> that was missing from earlier. yeah This this whistle joke, there. like it gets, it just gets better every time it comes <laughs> up. It's the best. Mm-hmm. But I love how he completely drops Michael in it by saying. Your father's calling from prison. He wants to talk to you about the land deal you made with his brother. And then he goes, "Hey, I found this on your desk. Can I keep it?" And he blows the whistle, and that that finishes the scene. But I just I just love that. It's you know, it's yeah, that's perfect. It's so great. You know, Michael, as the narrator tells us, makes a rare unsolicited visit to his mother's. Um, <laughs> and then you know she says she says about Buster. They made him stop eating after midnight, and he's hungry, and he's in a foreign land, and his jaw is clicking, and he's scared. <laughs> 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 such a kind of such an odd picture to paint. Um, mm-hmm. And then I think this is this is one of the rare scenes between Jason Bateman and Lucille. I think the last time that they ha- shared this much kind of screen time together was in episode seven, uh, "My Mother the Car," which was mm-hmm. broadcast as episode eight, just to mm-hmm. confuse everybody um you know where he kept trying to get everybody to turn up to the surprise party and here he's j ju- he, he he plays kind of like the downcast i mean he's playing it almost like a teenager who doesn't know what he's doing he's kind of echoing the the younger yeah. version yeah. of himself yeah. it's a rest of development
2: literally <laughs> yeah he is he is basically a, a teenager or someone who doesn't know how to get things done so he's constantly going back to his parents yep. like he always has to consult George Sr. or his mom when he's in trouble. It's hilarious.
0: Yeah. And, you know, he he talks about how, you know, work isn't... She asks how's work, and he says it's, you know, it's not that great, um, you know, and he explains everything, and, you know, she gets... Once again, she, she gets angry at George Sr., and he explains that it's, you know, it's actually his fault, and... Um,
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> Lucille, he's finally admitting admitting it to somebody. Yeah, and Lucille
0: says with the lemons and the tanks when talking about Oscar's land. Uh, and yeah. you know, she she as she says she she squeezes him with her body and starts shushing. Yes,
1: <laughs> yeah. What are you? Why are you squeezing me with your body?
0: And Lucille says it's a hug, Michael. I'm hugging you. And I think this is one of the only times in the entire run of the series where we will. We'll actually see physical contact between Lucille uh, and Michael. Yeah, between, you know. Mm -hmm.
1: This is the most tender, I think, that we see Lucille with Michael. Like, I I think this is probably one of those, if not one of the more tender moments between the two of them, if not the most. Mm -hmm. And it it was very sort of real. Like, part of their conversation seemed very sincere um, when he was admitting what he did. Um, Because he seemed like he he was offloading, like, a lot of guilt and shame. Uh, And in that moment, a very brief moment, she seemed like a a real mother to him (laughs) who actually cared Mm. about his feelings. Yeah.
0: And actually, obviously, in the in the opening titles, it talks about how this is a story of a son who has to basically hold his family together. And I think it's rarely Mm -hmm. discussed like the Mm -hmm. kind of stress that is put on Michael throughout the show, mainly due to the incompetence of his siblings and various other people associated Mm -hmm. with this family and so it's interesting that he actually <laughs> yes. gets a chance here to you know to kind of uh, like be a bit kind of have less responsibility and kind of have some help from someone uh, i don't think he should yes. have gone yeah, to lucille i think that's mm. a mistake but <laughs> as he'll as he will rapidly find <laughs> yeah. out well as yeah. we'll see at the end uh, yeah um, but i i just love how he says this isn't algebra i'm a big boy <laughs> mother do not make someone <laughs> Which yes. when you have to say, I'm a big boy, yeah.
1: means... Yeah, no. <laughs> <That's>...
0: <laughs> and then obviously, you know, Lucille, she, she gets to scream whore as she's on the way to the Lemon Grove to get to, to Oscar. And um, he, she, you know, he says, Lucille, you look fantastic. You still have the neck of a 20-year-old. Uh, which obviously yes. which <laughs> calls, calls back to an there. earlier scene, which I, we didn't actually mention, but I'll mention now when they're talking about um, George Sr. kind of blowing mm-hmm. through money. And they talk about, you know, um, mom's neck operation. <laughs> and they both, both, Lindsay and Michael <laughs> agree, you know, it looks a lot better. Yeah. And, yeah. and you know, Oscar, I, I love as well how she says, you still have the hair of a lion. Yes. <laughs> and, <laughs> and we find out that Oscar only sold the land in a way so that he could reconnect with Lucille. But she points out that, you know, her, mm-hmm. her husband is in jail. And she says, so what's the rush? And obviously this will be the start of Mm -hmm. a very long running (laughs) storyline between the two of them. Yes. Um, Which will not get properly picked up until a couple of episodes into season two. Um, But, you know, they're they're setting it up here, basically. Um, And interestingly, Mm -hmm. we get Oscar in the next episode with Buster. And there is, you know, there is a, a kind of a massage off as they try to massage each other in this weird kind of like. (laughs) <laughs> like, yeah, so, yeah. but there's not really a kind of connection between Lucille and, and Oscar in that episode. So, they don't really kind of start this relationship seriously until we get into season two. Um, and then, obviously, Lucille has mm-hmm. essentially fixed everything. Uh, you know, she got rid of Jordan. She got the money back from the lemon grove. Um, you know, and he, he, you know, he Michael apologizes to, her and he says. You know he he said that people outlive their usefulness that was out of line, and um, you know she says she maybe she needs something to occupy her time other than her children um, and then they go into the they go into the <laughs> meeting and of course Lucille says why have we been spending so much money on whistles <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which ties it all the way back to the start of the episode, uh, and then we get the on the next mm. and Michael is holding a meeting saying we have to be courageous and Lucille saying
2: I remember a certain young man who used to say but I don't have bad dreams in your bed (laughs)
0: that was Buster and Michael says that was Buster (laughs) (laughs) that was Buster Yeah. but I just I I find it so weird Uh, that Lucille is willing to kind of confess this odd relationship with one of her children uh, even if she can't Mm -hmm. remember which one it is Um, yes, and then obviously Lindsay announces she wants to be a cage dancer, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which you know I think fits her. Portia de Rossi is quite a good dancer, and she looked fine when she was being sprayed mm-hmm. with water and uh, music was playing loudly. And then we get the payoff to the the setup for All You Need Is Smiles, where uh, the narr- narrator, <laughs> narrator tells us, "And Oscar yeah, comes smiles. a court. <laughs> You see Oscar yeah. holding the the boombox, and uh, Lucille saying, "That's racket." Now I don't know how far up uh, <laughs> Lucille's apartment is in Balboa Towers, but I mm-hmm. I think that that I mean in, in in later episodes they seem to be like not the penthouse but certainly quite high up. So I don't know how she's hearing yeah. that music, uh, and
2: I yeah because it's a plot point that. Uh, George Senior has to escape from yeah, the apartment yeah. at some point.
0: So, like, he's trying to find ways down. And it's and, yeah, and it's it shown as being roughly. quite a long way down. Um, yeah, so... but yeah, I mean, yeah. it works for this joke, you know, but it does make me question exactly how <laughs> the... Uh, how she was able to hear the music. And we do actually get a couple... Of, but, yeah, so we get, we get you know... smiles. Smile.
2: Your sweet pink mouth goes north, not south and just smile.
0: Smile. Which I just love as kind of like someone who can't think of like a different way of saying smiles or just so he just puts the word smiley in there. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of all we get for the, uh, for the episode. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, is there anything else that we, we need to talk about or do you feel like we've covered everything that happened here?
1: I think we've covered a good amount. The only thing that I kind of had a problem with is uh, the, the land deal because it seems to all happen in one day. And they even say mm. uh, when uh, Oscar and Michael meet up in the coffee shop, uh, they decide to go survey that land that day. And then the narrator says, and the next day, Michael went <laughs> to talk to his father. And uh, that kind of took me out of it a little bit. But that's such a like a small
0: break. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And it's weird, actually, because Michael tr- like tries to phone um, mm-hmm. Oscar, but he doesn't just go back to the lemon grove or to the Lemon Grove because it seemed
1: grove. close enough if they were going <laughs> to yeah, go survey yeah. it together yeah. you know in one day
0: yeah so so it's weird that but I know that, that like he thinks that Oscar has disappeared I understand but that he... for
1: this thing to happen yeah I'm sorry
0: no it's weird that he thinks that Oscar has disappeared but he doesn't think to go and yes. check his trailer at the Lemon Grove yeah to actually <laughs> see
1: board. where he is because mm-hmm. that's where he is <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he can show him there
0: <laughs> that's <laughs> where
1: he always is watching TV
2: not only that but well he is, he's riding the bike around the banana
1: Yeah, scene, yeah. yeah he's got to be somewhat close because he doesn't have a car <laughs>
0: Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah. and I, you know, not wanting to get too far ahead, but we find out in later seasons that he tends to walk everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, he <laughs> yeah. attempt, or at least he attempts to walk places. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's just odd that it, that, they, they, that Michael's kind of going to Lucille is caused by the fact that he can't get hold of of Oscar, and yet everyone else seems to be seeing him mm-hmm. walking around yes. by the banana stand. <laughs> and so he's 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 yeah, very much around. Yeah, he's clearly <laughs> there. He hasn't disappeared anywhere. You know, despite the fact that he's got this message set up mm-hmm. about his uh, his lost love, he, you know, if you just went to the Lemon Grove and waited... <laughs> yeah. In fact, even if you just followed the military cutting through the Lemon Grove, you're probably going to find him <laughs> yeah. serving lemonade. So, um, anyway... On the next episode of I Made a Huge Mistake, we're going to be covering Not Without My Daughter with uh, J.L. Aranel and Kevin Lynch uh, talking about how George Michael is too old to be making jokes... About sanitary napkins and various other things to do with bringing her daughter to work day, and then after that we'll be covering the season finale. So we're only we're only two episodes away from the end of season one, uh, the only full season wow. that Arrested Development has ever had. The only full twenty-two episode order <laughs> that yeah, the show has right, ever had. So, did did the other seasons get like cut back? Did season they, season were, two were got they... cut back from twenty-two episodes to eighteen, which is actually a joke that oh. happens in one of mm-hmm. the episodes. Um, I think in <laughs> yeah. Sword of Destiny they make a joke about how the housing order has been cut back to eighteen, and then season yeah, yeah. season three they just didn't order the back nine. They ordered thirteen, and then they never gave them. Mm-hmm. any more episodes and
2: they started making jokes about hbo and stars and like all these other mm-hmm. channels and yeah. they kind of sneak yeah. into the episodes. well i think
0: it's showtime, <laughs> showtime. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what he says he goes well now it's it's showtime yeah. uh, which is just such a weird kind of <laughs> if you're not american you don't know what they're talking about like when they talk about the yeah. Ha- yeah, home yeah yeah home builders association and all this kind of stuff and you're like what are they going on about mm-hmm. like uh anyway, yeah, so Yeah. Uh thanks to both of you for joining me today on this episode.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Oh, no problem. Always fun. And um you know, I will speak to everyone on the next episode, but otherwise, goodbye.
1: See ya. Bye.